When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Sean Bell, ultra runner, speaker, and running coach at First 42K. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Beautiful. Nailed it. Sean, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, brother. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. For sure, man. So... What I wanted to start off with is what was actually the decision or, or why did you do your first marathon? I think it was around 2017. Um, what helped you make that decision to even do your first marathon? Yeah, so Melbourne Marathon 2017 was my first one, October 2017. I've always been curious in long distance running. Growing up, I was more a footballer, but I sort of dabbled with it, like school cross country yeah. and that sort of thing. And then it was end of 2016 when I did a 15K fun run after our footy season. And I loved that. 2017, I played footy again, wasn't loving it so much. And that was an interesting time for me because I was the captain. We went undefeated, didn't lose a game, won the premiership, still wasn't really loving my footy. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm not loving this, let's try something else. Three weeks later was the marathon. So it was really just a curiosity thing, a passion for running, reflecting on that 15K fun run and saying, let's raise the bar, let's go higher and, and have a crack at this. And how was that first experience? You come into it prepared or underdone or... Uh, I would say a mix of both, like definitely not marathon specific training. Mm -hmm. From what I know now versus what I know then, it's it's pretty awesome to look back and think, well, I still did that. But yeah, I, I did three long runs. I did a, a 21, a 25 and a 32K long run. Um, outside of that, my training was footy training. So obviously yeah. there's speed work there, strength training, but yeah, definitely um, winging it a little bit and, and then just yeah, had fun. The atmosphere at Melbourne Marathon is unbelievable unreal and I guess what was the sensations and their feelings at the end of that run was it I think you kind of see people go one of two ways finish that marathon and kind of say thank fuck I've ticked that off and <laughs> yeah. never again or they get the bargain and want to keep going with it so I'm assuming it's the the latter of that one definitely was the latter of that yeah it was even throughout the whole run, um, of course, challenging moments. I think when you go into something a little bit prepared or partially prepared rather than properly prepared, you're going to face challenges. And around mm. the 38K mark, I had a cramp in my left quad and it's because I had no idea about nutrition. Yep. So uh, there was a mother and her two children handing out Zupa Dupas on the side of the, near the tan or sort of near the Shrine of Remembrance at the mm. tan. Um, and those Zupadupas saved me. The cramps went away and I was able to finish the marathon. And so I think it was the highs and lows throughout that whole marathon. But then when I crossed the finish line, I was like, this is it. I'm not playing footy again. This is running is going to be my future and a huge part of it. So, yeah, I think, as you said, it, it can go both ways. It's really common for people to just bucket list item, tick it off. But for me, I fell in love with it. As we go on, obviously that, that first marathon is, is um, not even going to compare to some of the feats that you've done so far and, and more importantly what's coming up. But for those that are listening that are looking to try their first marathon, um, 
when you go back now and have a look at your preparation or some maybe lack of in in some way for that <laughs> um, marathon how far out in advance do you recommend people starting to to get on track with it and start following some form of a plan um, in the lead up to their first marathon in particular it really depends on where they're coming from already so yep. if someone has a 21 kilometer base for example they can already run a half marathon pretty comfortably 12 to 14 weeks so you're looking at three months or so um, if you're someone who can run 10 kilometers comfortably probably a six month build mm -hmm. for a marathon um, and if you've never run before i think give yourself even a year like really depending on your background of strength because i know you ran a marathon uh, yourself with with no training went out and did that which is incredible wouldn't recommend um, it no yeah. i definitely wouldn't <laughs> recommend it i think yeah there's exceptions and that's why i said it really does depend on the individual there's so many factors like what's your training history um have you had injuries in the past how old are you all mm -hmm. of those things so as a general rule though if you are running a half marathon comfortably give yourself 12 to 14 weeks so you know right now we're 13 weeks away from the melbourne marathon if you're around that mark it might be a great opportunity Oh, that's if you can get an entry. I think Melbourne Marathon sold out, but really? if, you, if, you, if you can get one late, um, yeah. And same thing if you're at the 10K, work towards a half marathon. Beautiful. And so I, I'd love speaking to people who just go all in with what they're passionate about and, and, and just give it absolutely everything that they can. And obviously that's something that um, I admire about you. So what was, what led to the decision to, you know doing your first marathon and then all of a sudden kind of just going all in with running and and you know dropping football and yeah. and making that your priority yeah so i have to take you back a little bit so i mentioned then october 2017 was the first marathon but mm. it was july of 2016 i actually lost a, a friend and a football teammate uh, i was playing footy for the vermont eagles that was my whole upbringing like as, as much as i'm passionate about running now when i was a kid it was all footy mm -hmm. had a footy in my hands all day every day and and i think to lose someone who's close to you and a, a mate like a teammate it's it's tough and it, it really did change my life and all of our teammates lives and um, from that moment, I think running then became a bigger part of my life as well, because when I would feel sad, running was instrumental in my grief. I would get out the door and, and change how I feel. So I'd go and do that. And so that being July of 2016, I mentioned then November 2016 was my first 15K fun run. I played footy again the following year, which was the year we went undefeated but I wasn't loving it as much. And I do think that came from losing a teammate as well, yep. because you know, you're know you so close with your teammates, it's, it's hard. And, and footy felt different that year. Um, but there was many factors that, that went, I guess, yeah, the reason for that. And and I just found myself wanting to run, wanting to run, wanting to run. And, and then um, the Melbourne Marathon was an opportunity. And, and when the going got tough out there, I reflected on him a lot. And I think, um, we can do incredibly hard things when there's something greater than ourselves. And, you know, for me in that very first marathon, it was thinking about him. And I guess I've, I've um, thought about him and um, even, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but even, even last year on my Cairns to Melbourne run, I lost my coach as well. So there's, whilst there's been tragedy in my life, there's, there's hard times in everyone's lives. Mm. And I think um, you can use it in two ways. And, you know, for me, it's, it's well, how can you honor these people and do something great with it? So um, that's, that's why I've been able to draw a lot of inspiration from others and, and do some big things with, with running. When you're out on those big runs, and we'll, we'll get into those in a second, 
Are you someone who likes to run with no music? Do you listen to are you listening to Goggins? Are you, are you kind of just sitting with your own thoughts? Like, what does that look like for you? A mix of all of that. Yeah, I, I try not to use music too early on because yeah. I think, yeah, you want to use that as a bit of a tool if you can later in a race, especially if it's really big. Um, and same with Goggins. I, <laughs> I love Goggins, massive Goggins fan. I've actually got a, a boat and a log tattooed on the inside of my ankles to carry the boats and logs <laughs> when I'm out there running. So, yeah, I'm a big Goggins fan, um, but I... I used him recently. I did a 200-mile run about a month ago. and um, As you do. Yeah, around 318K. So yeah. the last 7, 8K to go, I was just – I would never quit. It didn't even cross my mind. But at the same time, it was it was so hard. Every obviously. part of you is telling you to quit. Yeah, yeah, I've been out there for, at that point, 52 hours. And my body's just like, stop. And it's screaming at me. And your mind's saying, nah, why are you even out here? And all those things. So it was never going to quit. But I was definitely, you know, being a bit sooky in that moment, um, running slow, not, not loving it. And I just had to go, no, let's put Goggins in the ears. And listen to where he talks about the cookie jar, focus on all the things you've already achieved. What mm. have you already overcome those hard times in your life and remind yourself who the fuck you are? And that's what it's about. So it's funny. I put Goggins in my ears and, and from that moment, um, yeah, was able to pick up the pace and, and finish strong. So he, he's definitely an inspiration. And I think, and this is something I talk about to a lot of people. I, I feel that a lot of my success with running has come through mentors that I've been lucky enough to meet, but also mentors that I haven't met. And Goggins is one of them. So I'm grateful that he's lit the path before me incredible you have kind of just brushed over to ridiculous runs um in that last little little bit there 200 mile run and what was the other one uh cairns and melbourne i think you mentioned um that's ridiculous so let's let's touch on on some of those so i think you know going off what i i know of your story so far you did 50 marathons in 50 days um which is incredible as well the 200 mile run cairns and melbourne can you go into detail about some of these and just share a bit of those experiences with the audience and, and kind of also the, the sequence of how those came about after that first yeah. marathon? Yeah, sure. Well, I'll talk about the 50 marathons first because that was chronological order. Um, so that first marathon, as I said, the moment I crossed the finish line, it was it. Running, I was all in. And so at that point, though, I was sort of still winging it in terms of loving it but didn't have a coach, was just going out trying to do my own thing. I was at uni at the time. I was at ACU doing a Bachelor of Physical Activity and Health Science. And I live in Vermont in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. So I would run 21Ks to uni three, even four days a week sometimes while my mate would carry my bag and clothes and laptop and food on the train. And I laugh at that now because I've learned that that is just not the right training approach. <laughs> you know, doing three to four long runs a week is, is not it. So, um, yeah, I've, I've definitely grown in that space. But I say that because that was me starting out with full of passion, but didn't have the process, didn't, mm -hmm. didn't really know how to go about it. I reached out to Samantha Gash, who I know yep. you've had on your podcast as well. And she's a huge inspiration, a good friend of mine. She'd run across India, run across mm. South Africa. Incredible. Done several feats for charity. And I was so inspired. And I thought, I've got nothing to lose. Let's just hit her up on Instagram. And hopefully she replies. Yep. And I remember I asked her just if she could give me some advice. I thought I'd get a voice message back. Um, I said, hey, Sam, I, I want to run 50 marathons in 50 days in honor of my teammate. And I've got a big goal to run around Australia in the future as well. I would love to yeah, pick your brain. And if you can share anything with me 
I'd be grateful. And it turns out that she lived 20 minutes from me. So we ended up having a coffee wow. that was like two hours. Within that meeting, she was like, you know, I can see that you've got the, you're doing it for the right reasons. You've got the right attitude. You can go places here. You just need the right process. Yeah. You just need someone to help you. And she said, you know, I'm a runner and a speaker. I'm not a coach, but I know someone who is. I'll get in touch. Two days later, I got a phone call from Jason DJ, who uh, business partners, and um, they then changed my life. So from that point, that was September 2018, they said, well, what do you want to do first? And I said, I want to train. I want to do 50 marathons in 50 days. When is like, when do you think that that's a possibility mm -hmm. with how much I'm running right now? They said, I think 16 weeks, give yourself a really good training block of the next four months. We could do it. How's it sound to do it at the start of 2019? I was like, perfect. So 2019, um, yeah, started that. And it was Jan 4 till Feb 22, mm -hmm. um, 50 marathons in 50 days. And just the experience was epic. I think um, I ran all around Victoria. So Geelong, Torquay, Rosebud, around the Tan, and then plenty around the eastern suburbs around home. But it was just the community came yeah. out and ran with me every day. And yeah, it was special because within that, you know, I'm running a marathon every day, but there's someone who runs their first half marathon yeah. and someone who runs their first marathon. And it, it just showed me that running is so much more than running. It brings, brings people together, yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. And so throughout that 50 and 50 days, was that harder or or easier? Than, if that's even a way to put it. Harder or easier than what you expected before going into that? I'd say it was... And it probably sounds, I hope this doesn't come across as arrogant. It, it, it felt easier. Yep. And, but I think that's a testament to my coaches and how mm. they prepared me. Yeah, I was, I was unsure about it. Um, the most I'd ever done leading in was two marathons in two days. And even with that, that was, and it's funny because now I'm a coach and, and my athletes, I'm, I've got to be very um, strict at times when, you know, you write a training program, you exceed that. They, they run, I might say do a 20K run and someone goes out and does a 35. Well, that's going to change everything. everything yeah. So uh, I think back to, yeah, when I was starting with Jason, it was meant to be, I think it was a 27K or 30K run back to back days. And I just said, ah, oh, it's close enough to a marathon. I'll do two marathons in two <laughs> days. The second marathon took me like five hours and, and I hated it and my body was screaming at me and he said if, like what are you doing you're lucky that you didn't get injured yeah everything is extremely calculated mm -hmm. with your training load and you know we don't want to overdo it before we get there it's about getting to the, the start line fresh he said the first week or two will be pretty challenging when your body jumps up in, in the load but ultimately then you'll start to feel like okay this is just you know, I'm conditioned, yeah. I'm going to run another marathon. And he was exactly right. The first week was really tough. Um, my times were a lot slower. My body was sore. But after a while, it was just like, okay, run a marathon, recover and do it again. That's epic. You mentioned before, uh, I think you said something along the lines of like, you know, doing three or four longer runs a week is, is not ideal in, in prep for a marathon. I assume it maybe is case by case in terms of what people's lifestyles like mm -hmm. again what their training background is and, and how far out they are from the marathon but what's a typical i guess running split look like 
in yep. the lead up to a marathon in terms of variation with distances and, and speed work or longer runs and stuff? It's a great question. Yeah, I think with anything, it doesn't matter whether you're training for a, a 5K PB, a marathon, even an ultra marathon, you need variety. So our body loves different training stimulus. If you just do the same run every single day, you're going to plateau, maybe even go backwards. You're not going to improve. So you need to have variety within your training and that's strength training that's uh, running at different intensities. So you want to do one long run per week. Occasionally, depending on how advanced you are with your training, two long runs per week. And, and that's what a lot of the elites and pros do. But even with them, they split it up. So there's a midweek long run on a Wednesday and then a long run again on a Saturday. Okay. So for most people, especially the weekend warrior or the everyday person who wants to run a marathon, one long run per week is going to be great. One to two easy runs in there as well. So getting some recovery. I think ultimately you are following an acronym called EXA, which is EQSA, Endurance, Quality, Strength and Absorption. And if you can understand those training principles, then you can pull it all together. And it doesn't matter whether you're going for an ultra or a shorter distance, as I said. So endurance being your long run, Mm -hmm. quality being one speed session. So trying to get maybe a threshold run in, Mm -hmm. some intervals, fartlek, hill sprints, play around with it, have some fun. There's, There's so much variety in running, which is a great thing. Yeah strength obviously time in the gym you know not just strengthening your muscles but your bones and your tendons it's really important and then absorption so that could be in the form of an active recovery like a really easy run and when i say easy run running at a pace where you could have a conversation the entire time super low heart rate zone one or two um it could be yin yoga it could be pilates it could be which is obviously also some strength as well uh it could even be cross training in the form of swimming or a uh, a bike ride but again low heart rate so there's so many things you can do and that's why uh, I, i think when people understand how to train they fall in love with the process of running so much more because every week is different you know Mm. i don't do monday's hill sprints tuesday is an easy run now this week monday might be hill sprints but then next week it might be intervals and then the week after it might be a progression run so Mm. playing around with it makes it fun as well as giving your body the chance to just get better and better and better but one thing i do want to say is what you do want to focus on is like like in the gym a progressive overload yeah so increasing just incrementally and so little bit by little bit and then you want to add in some deloads here or there as well where you do drop your training by 30 to 40 percent in overall training load or training volume for the week um, and that way it gives you a chance to freshen up and then you can build again when you first started your running journey out let's say after that first marathon how much strength work were you doing? And as the as you've progressed and, and done more and more and, and gained more experience, what does your kind of strength work um, focus look like now and I guess the importance of it? Yeah, another great question. Look, at the start, not a lot. And that's why I think I then was... I knew that, yes, I had... Uh, huge motivation of wanting to run these 50 marathons in 50 days and then eventually around Australia years later but what I I was missing was that process as I said and I I could tell that because it was reflecting reflective of of my body and where it was at it Mm. was I wasn't getting injured but I was sore I really saw joints, hips, hip flexors in particular, um, hip joint, knee joint, um, like other people. And it was just so much running. And I was probably doing more running back then, 120, 130K weeks without the strength. So my body couldn't couldn't hold up. Um, 
to what I know now, yeah, time in the gym. And again, like like I was just mentioning, there's so many ways you can train. Mm. Some people, some runners like to do an upper body day and then a lower body day, or even if they're again quite advanced with their training, maybe two lower body sessions per week, whereas some would prefer to do um, two total body sessions yep. per week. So there's there's real variety. In my case right now, I like to do two lower body and core sessions per week. Um, for me, with what I'm training for next year, which I'm sure we'll go into, it, I don't need to be overly fast. So I'm just doing the one speed session per week. But the key is to train specific mm. because I'm training for that, just the one speed session per week, that's going to help me run more efficiently. It's also going to keep me loving my running because it's going to break it up. Um, but if I was training for, say, a sub three hour marathon right now, I'd be doing more speed work, right. less easy runs, and less, like probably just one lower body strength session per week, trying to be a bit fresher. Yeah. So I can go into these sessions nice and light and then run fast as opposed to no i just need to get my lot my legs my core strong as hell so the next year i can just handle so much time on the road what do some of those sessions look like in terms of again um, i'm sure this varies from person to person but rep ranges you know the loads mm -hmm. or, or and in particular like the the movements that you're really focusing on that you found have impacted the ability to run efficiently but also to uh, minimize the risk of injury as well if you are like probably one really common mistake that people make when it comes to running and, and strength training for running is they think very old school is oh, I'm an endurance athlete or distance runner. I need to lift light and I mm. need to do shitloads of reps. <laughs> I'm going to do 20 reps and that's not the way. Mm. Um, when you're doing your long runs or your tempo runs, that's your opportunity to, for your endurance. Yeah, sure. So then when you're in the gym, you want to lift actually heavier weight at a lower rep range. Mm. So usually, uh, you know, myself lifting and also programming our athletes six to eight reps is plenty so you want to be lifting you know close to 80 percent of your one rep max obviously not through the entire session or you're going to cook your central yeah. nervous system but for some key lifts so that might be a trap bar deadlift for example yep. uh, might be some rdls um, so those key movements might be barbell hip thrusts um, but then you want to get some resilience work in as well so um, seated calf raises huge yep. Your calves, your soleus muscle does so much mm. in long distance running. So strengthening uh, your soleus through seated calf raises. Also doing some tibia work. I think yeah. um, knees over toes guys obviously change the game with, with fitness and I think programming and, and people are doing more of that now, which is great. So that's something that I've incorporated in the last year. Be back with um, sled pulls. Yeah, with, with, no, with, with the amount of running that I'm doing, no shin splints or, or yeah. shin stress whatsoever. Um, so those sorts of exercises. So I spoke about those key movements being your double leg exercises, but then of course, single leg work as yep. well. Um, you know, we never have two feet on the ground when we're running. So we also want to, we want to, replicate that in the gym so bulgarian split squats lunges um single leg rdls there's, there's so many options um but knowing that the stronger you get you can always progress a movement as well so where someone starts out and we might just get them to do static lunges in time like with with me right now i might be doing a step back lunge and then coming through with a knee drive so yep. it's it's understanding the athlete and where they're at on their journey and then continuing to make it harder so they can get better and better awesome man i love that um i think yeah you mentioned ben patrick before um he's his work's incredible i've definitely incorporated a lot of his stuff in lately um which has been super effective and i think just as you said like the like the the actual running itself 
variation is key but also just focusing on specific movements mm -hmm. not so much the exercise but the actual movement you're trying to achieve and and um that's going to go from from case by case but after the 50 marathon marathons in 50 days um recently i believe you did the cairns to melbourne run um run us through that and then i'd also obviously love to touch on how the idea of running around australia came about um and and get some details on, on how that's going to play out. Yeah, for sure. So Cairns to Melbourne. Well, to talk about Cairns to Melbourne, I actually have to talk about the run around Australia first because um, I set that goal to run around Australia in 2018. So when I called or didn't call, when I reached out to Sam Gash on Instagram, mm. that was part of my message. I said, I want to run 50 and 50 and I would love to run around Australia in 2021. At the time, it was going to be for the Compassionate Friends charity. Yep. Um, so that's what I said. I said, look, I've got this big reason why I want to honor my teammate, but um, this is what I want to do. I understand it's going to take years to build up. Um, obviously, 2020, 2021, you know, the whole world changed with, with COVID and that changed my run around Australia being from 2021 in Melbourne. I was living in Melbourne at the time. We didn't get out of, I can't remember the exact month, but we didn't get out of lockdown until late 2021. Yeah. So running around Australia then, even in 2022, wasn't a possibility. Um, Hard enough to run around, run around the block at exa that point. Exactly. So <laughs> I was trying to think, um, you know, well, what can I do? What would still be awesome training for the run around Australia? That's still my goal. But could we do something else that's still going to be, you know, big? We're still going to make a difference, but it's going to be ultimately a rehearsal. And mm. so it sounds stupid to say that, but <laughs> the, the Cairns to Melbourne run 2022 was a rehearsal for running around Australia um, which we then pushed back for 2024 so yep. um, yeah that that kicks off in March next year and I, I can't wait for that I'll chat more about that soon but with the Cairns to Melbourne run um, yeah, it was originally a backstop we decided we're going to do it in 2022 unbelievable experience like the opportunity to to do that for 60 days and the reason we chose Cairns to Melbourne was we realized it was 3,600 Ks from Cairns to Melbourne. And so I thought, cool, I could run 60 Ks a day mm -hmm. um, to 60 Ks a day for 60 days to raise 60 K. So the campaign, we called it 60 for 60 for 60. And um, that's sort of how it, how it started out. But me being wired differently and probably a high achiever um, during the run, I faced again, some, some really tough times, some great times out there, of course, but yeah, day seven of the run, um, my coach passed away, who is my business partner as well. And, and that was heartbreaking. It, it changed everything. Um, and I think one thing that he instilled in me is if you believe you can do more, do it. Yes. We set the 60, k's a day goal but there were days where i'm like it's 60k i'm like nah i feel strong remember we're doing this for coach so then we push into 70k's 80k's 85k days and ultimately got back to just outside of melbourne with about a week to go and then i was like now let's raise the bar and run 4,000 k's run what 4,000 k's instead of the 3,600 oh, we, we added another 400 oh, k's fuck <laughs> insane that's ridiculous so obviously you know not only physically but but mentally there's a lot of tough times there as well and, and you mentioned even right from the start you know having um you know your teammate passed away um in 2016 how much of a driving factor that can be when you, when those times get difficult at a time like that i think you said it was day seven mm -hmm. obviously it's an incredible driving factor but at the same time it's it's something that is also incredibly hard to to deal with as well how did you 
process that was the running helping it was there it was the those days where you kind of thinking to yourself you know i actually fucking don't even want to go out and do this i mean everyone kind of processes things differently but how did you get through that the first few days i didn't want to run so that was really hard um i had at the time two mates with me so max and zach and they were my whole crew so that was really hard because I think as well, like their number one priority was with my well-being, making sure that I'm okay mm. mentally, physically. I, I said when it happened, I'm not having any days off. I know that, you know, as hard as this is going to be and it's going to be tough and I'm going to need you guys to help me out a lot more and I'm probably going to be calling family and checking in a lot more out in the road, but I will continue this because I know that he would have wanted me to. So that was, that was a huge drive. We're going to do this. It's just, we're going to have to navigate how we do this. And, and so the boys were incredible in their support. And that's something that, you know, I look back now and um, obviously if we had more people, we had more resources, that's the perfect time to put a camera in my face to show me just grieving and and struggling out there because unfortunately I I got to the end of the run and and caught up with friends and family a week later they're like you did that so easy that run must have been so easy for you like everything we saw on social media I'm like oh shit like we just didn't show enough of that and the reality was it wasn't easy Mm. it was it was incredibly hard but yeah Max and Zach were huge um they the run wouldn't have happened without them and Maxie was there for the whole 60 days so just just yeah instrumental in the support but the first week or so was so hard. I, I think I couldn't, I could barely eat as well. Yeah. Just a normal reaction. Your body's yep. under stress. You're grieving. I could barely eat and I'm trying to run 60 Ks a day. So I was losing weight at a rapid, rapid mm. rate. And uh, then eventually, um, yeah, started to feel better. We had another friend who was also coached by Jace come up and I think he was grieving as well. So yeah. just us being together and him all of a sudden being in the support crew really helped me. Uh, and I just, I think day by day, uh, I started to feel better. So yeah, towards the end of the run, as I said, that's when those big Ks started to, to happen as well, which is also because as I sort of mentioned earlier, your body gets more conditioned. Yeah. So early on, it was probably, it was day seven, my body was hurting and yeah. then and then mentally, emotionally, I was hurting as well. So it was just, it all sort of happened at once at a really hard time. But yeah, I think the support that people threw around me at that time, um, I was never going to quit. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's that's huge. But not as big as uh, what's coming up. So <laughs> March next year, uh, to, so 2024, um, you're looking to run around Australia. Can you? How, so how many Ks is that around Australia? Where it'll, it'll be about 14,000 Ks, maybe even a touch over. Uh, I know that because there's a current record holder. His name's Dave Alley, and he's actually a friend and mentor of mine. He's been unbelievable. So as I mentioned in 2018, I set the goal to run around Australia. So I called him, just yep. like I called Sam Gash or found out about her. I reached out to Dave, and um, he's been huge in supporting me. But his run, he did 13,791 Ks in 175 days, 4 hours and 49 minutes. Um, you can tell <laughs> I've done my research. So that's what we're going to try and beat. So... Um, yeah, I'm going to have a crack at that. And, and with that, that's works out to be about 79Ks average a day. So we're going to try and average just over 80 a day yep. to make sure of it. And he didn't do Tasmania, but we're going to add in Tasmania as well, which is where it'll end up being around that 14,000Ks. But 
Yeah, it's huge. And again, proudly supporting Make-A-Wish with this run. Um, the Cairns to Melbourne run, I didn't mention. At the end, we, we said how we wanted to raise 60K. We ended yep. up raising $100,000, which is awesome. Oh, and amazing. It's given me huge confidence that, um, yeah, we can go bigger again, not just with the run, but with fundraising as well. So set out to achieve this record next year, the fastest run, 14,000 kilometres around Australia to represent our fundraising target, which is 1.4 million. That's insane. That's amazing. Fuck, that's such a long run. Jesus Christ. Um, so when you're mapping something out like that, how do you actually map that out in terms of where you're going to run when you're looking at going around the whole country? Mm, it's mostly along the A1 National Highway. And so that's set up with Vic Roads, New South Wales Roads and, and all the other states. You have to. It's... Uh, it's, to it's, get signed off. it's something that yeah. people don't realize and yeah. it's a big process so I, I i feel grateful that now make a wish are helping me with a lot of that stuff yeah, okay. but last run it was zach and i so my mate and i we were making phone calls to vic roads and new south <laughs> wales roads and then to you have to get a police permit from every state as well so it's a big process to do something like this that's why when you do something like this you you're running in high vis because you're on the side of the highway um but yeah it's mostly following the a1 we're going to start at the MCG, March 10, running in an anti-clockwise direction around Australia. So up the East Coast first. Yep. I think it'll only be around two weeks later we'll get to Sydney and that's not running up the Hume, that's running on the A1. So the the Princess Highway, sort of around Marimbula and those areas. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll get to Sydney, then Brisbane, only as high as Townsville this time. So we're not going to go up to Cairns. Once we hit Townsville, we go across on the A1 past Mount Isa, up to Catherine, up to Darwin, back down to Catherine and then across to Broome, down to Perth, across to Kalgoorlie, across to Nullarbor, hit Adelaide, Adelaide to Geelong and then the spirit of Tassie is now in Geelong. So catch that, get on the ship, <laughs> um, run up and back Tasmania and then the last day Geelong to the MCG. So yeah, it'll work out to be about around that 175 Geelong days. Geelong to... Uh, Melbourne, that'll be in one day. That'll be one day. That'll be the finish. Shit. Yeah. That'll be, what's that over? Is that, how many no, k's? it's about 80 k's. 80 k, yeah, yeah, right. Works out almost works perfect. Works out pretty well. If you were driving it, I think on the M1, which you can't run on, I think it's 70 k, but the back roads and that, it's about 80 k's. It's worked yeah. out really well. Unbelievable. I reckon a lot of people would be thinking at the moment, well, hopefully they are because I am, um, nutrition-wise in terms of, the, I would assume there's physically almost no way you can consume the amount of calories mm. that you're going to be expending on a daily basis not to mention you know if anyone who's done a long run which highly unlikely it's the amount that you're running but often when you finish it, a long run the last thing you feel like doing is is eating uh, i think a lot Spot of the time yeah. yeah so how do you approach your nutrition even let's say from Cairns to melbourne what were you doing with calories and stuff to make sure you're not just losing too much weight yeah, well, the first 10 days of that Cairns to Melbourne run, I lost four and a half kilos. <laughs> I lost so much weight. And that was, yeah, many factors, the heat, the humidity, the big Ks, but definitely just not eating enough yeah. in a big deficit. So uh, we were trying to focus too hard on eating well, getting good mm. nutrients in, and yep. we didn't understand the calories. Yeah. So yeah, good luck. we got, we got <laughs> our sports dietitian on the phone, um, Chloe McLeod, and, and she's awesome. And she just said to me, like, you need to eat more. That is what you need to do. Um, tonight, you're going to get two large pizzas for dinner and a thick shake if you can. Like, go get one from Macca's yeah. or wherever. Um, and then 
I started to maintain and, and I actually from day 10 to 14 put on a kilo. So I was like, well, this is working. This is good. Yeah. So it was, it was hard to eat all of that, a lot of junk food, but it was working and it was obviously what my body needed. It's funny though. I think then a few days later she said, look, cause it also depended on during the day. Like when you wake up, I didn't want to have a big breakfast before I was running. Yeah. Then you don't want to eat a lot when you're running. Like I would still eat every eight to 10 kilometers we'd stop and have something quick and get going. Like it might've been that my crew have made me a sandwich. I grabbed that a few bites, take it with me yeah. and off I go. Um, but yeah, we were eating frequently every hour at least, um, but still not a lot when we were out there on during the day. And so you have this window of, let's say maybe three hours before you sleep from when you finish your run, yeah. two, three hours where you just have to smash food. Yeah, That is your job. <laughs> and it's crazy. Like, um, we, I was starting to struggle with eating, chewing, all of that as well, because you're just so tired. And um, so she wanted a lot in liquid form. Yeah. And so we we made this like crazy milkshake every night that was five cinnamon donuts, <laughs> three triple choc muffins, ice cream and milk, about a liter of milk blended in. Jesus. And I had to drink that before I went to bed. So it was about two and a half, three thousand calories just calories in, that. in that one. Yeah. Shake. Yeah. Wow. As a side note, this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but for the listeners, I, I want to reiterate, and I've talked about this so many times before, but this is a prime example um, of how when it comes to body composition, cardio or, or hard training does not outweigh your nutritional intake and your nutritional habits. So, you know, Sean just mentioned that there was a period where he actually gained a kilo running an absurd amount of kilometers per day. So when you are trying to lose body fat, it really does come down to your energy in versus your energy out. Mm -hmm. Obviously, for someone that's not running 80K a day or whatever, then you, you ideally want to go for more nutrient-dense um, whole foods and whatever. But it's a, I always love that example. I, years ago, I did this little case study where I think I was training for like a half marathon. And when I say training, it was nowhere near enough training. But <laughs> in that period, I purposely ate in a surplus just to show people that, you know, cardio doesn't necessarily equal fat loss or, mm -hmm. or just training hard doesn't mean you're going you're gonna to lose body fat. But um, that's crazy. The fact you're able to put on a kilo is, is impressive running that much yeah it's it's true i think i'm going to have a similar approach next time with the the run around australia and even later this year i actually want to put on a bit of weight uh, yeah, before i start before you start so i'm sitting at around 76 kilos now i want to get back to i started the cans to melbourne run at 80 mm -hmm. um so i want to get back to around that i think that that is strong but you're not you know you're still comfortable around that weight you're feeling strong you're feeling you've got room for when you do lose weight and, and you can do your very best to, mm. to try and mitigate that. And we will, I think through what we learned last year, we're going to be better from the get-go next year. Yep. But in saying that, you're still going to lose weight. Um, it's inevitable. So I think um, we're just going to have to be on top of it with junk food early and try and find things that I'm going to be able to enjoy as well. That's a, it's a big part of it. So I'm a big pizza man. I was smashing yep. them, smashing donuts, uh, which is crazy because, yeah, as I said, the first sort of week or so, we were focusing on making sure I was getting in my greens and all yeah. of these things. And it's too hard. Can't, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. There was a point in time um, when I was still playing basketball that I – I was consuming like five and a half to 6,000 cows a day. Um, and I'd work in, I was working with this nutritionist at the time who wanted me to eat gluten and dairy free throughout mm -hmm. this, this period. And it was like a fucking full-time job. Like if I hadn't eaten that first meal before, say 6.30, 7 a.m. in the morning, it's like 
impossible to to get that amount of calories when you're trying to eat that well throughout yeah. the day it's um it's nuts what do you do with your uh in terms of hydration um whether it's it's trying to get in um sodium and electrolytes and stuff as well throughout your run like how often were you drinking and what were you actually drinking yeah so on the cans to melbourne it was more about chalky milk and strawberry milk oh. And uh, then... How's that go with your stomach? Yeah, (laughs) harder after about 30 days. Yeah. Fine from sort of day 10 to day 30. As I said, it was around day 10 when I'd lost the weight. She said, you need to have pizza, donuts, chalky milk. Just get it in. And so that was really hard. Those first few days, we'd get to eight kilometers and my crew were handing me a a 300 mil chalky milk. I'm like, oh, this is the last thing I want. Eight days later, another chalky milk. But it was working. As I said, I was keeping the weight on. So um, there are still some electrolytes within chocolate milk and obviously your macros as well yeah. so um, it did work um, but then outside of that just Gatorades a lot of Gatorades yep. she sort of went away from um, just hydrolyte mm. for example because she still wanted me to get those carbs in yeah when uh, when you're thinking about the run um, next year so I do want to touch on in a second uh, some some preparation or some tips in terms of people who are just wanting to you know, maybe not run a marathon, but even just go from the couch to start doing five, 10 Ks and, mm-hmm. and some advice around that. But can you give us an idea? Obviously, we spoke about it before we hit record, but what your training looks like, I guess, now this far out in advance, like leading into mm-hmm. that massive run next year. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. If you uh, want to have events into your training calendar i guess into your into your year you want to have key races you need to have build up to the race and you need to have recovery from the race so right now i'm if you looked at my strava for example you'd think he's barely running at all like i'm running this week will probably be only 60k for the week when we're talking what 80ks a day seven days 560k for the week so it's a big big difference but it's it's been um you know coach jason dj's philosophy and now i've got a new coach joe ward as well who's incredible um and they've got a very similar approach it's get to the start line strong get to the start line fresh um and you will be able to get conditioned in those first few weeks so um, right now i one month ago was the 200 mile run so that was such an awesome experience and i I did that because i wanted to go to a place i've never been before i wanted to go push my physical and mental limits further to get there I did get there. Uh, I was hallucinating, which is the first time wow. because, uh, you know, you're out there for three nights or 53 hours, but the race started at 6 p.m. Okay. And yeah. I finished at 11.30 p.m. So started 6 p.m. on the Thursday and finished 11.30 p.m. on the Saturday. So, you know, <laughs> over that time, you start seeing some 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 funny stuff. I saw, because um, there's a lot of bunny rabbits where we were. They were actually there. You sure? The, yeah, they were, they yeah. were there. <laughs> there were some bunny rabbits. I saw a bunny rabbit in the top of the tree, uh, which it definitely wasn't there. Um, <laughs> and then towards the end of the race with about two hours to go, I saw a couch in the middle of the trails in the distance. I'm like, well, obviously I want to lay on the couch. That's Shit, pretty funny. Know, yeah. um, but no, I, I pushed myself somewhere I haven't been before because this is very real like there'll be days next year where i think that i'm done 50 60 k's in and Mm -hmm. and, you know i will be checked out and 
I'm going to need to try and hit another 20, 30 kilometers. And so I want the ability to then be able to be like, remember that time when you were 100 miles in and you thought you were done and you ran another 100 miles and you finished it off. Mm. And the ability, another cookie jar moment to reflect on it and be like, that's what you did. And if you could run 100 miles, another 160K, you can get out and do 20 or 30. Come on. And off you go. So that's really why I did it. Um, Yeah, the 200 miler was an awesome experience. And to come away from that, no injuries whatsoever. Finished on Saturday night, went for a 20-minute easy run on the Tuesday morning. People are like, you're you're nuts. Like, what the hell? Um, But I think it speaks to the programming of my coaches and – yeah, understanding all the key principles that I spoke about earlier as well. So still in a little bit of a recovery period at the moment because only two weeks after that, I did the Gold Coast Marathon and that was two weeks ago from now, um, but then starting to build up again. So between now and March, what you can expect from me, we're not doing any other races or events, but I want to get away. I want to do a trial run or two. So get away with my crew for four or five days and and practice living in a motorhome together. And this is what it looks like out on the road. Because I mentioned Max before, he's not the main man in 2024. He loved it. We're still super close. Yeah. But I've got an, another guy, Benny, who wants to do, because it's six months, this one. Yeah. So <laughs> Benny's on for the ride, which is awesome. Having that one person there as a sort of, I guess project coordinator really helps because the rest is all volunteers. So friends mm. and family might, I might have some friends do Melbourne to Sydney and then they've got to go back to work. So then someone comes in at Sydney and they go to Brisbane yeah. and then Brisbane to Townsville, whereas Benny can be there as the constant to sort of manage the project. Um, so we'll go away with crew and have that experience with them. And that'll be what I do leading into March. And then really just yeah, continuing to trust my coach and, and back the training. Incredible. One last thing on uh, before we get on to the, um, uh, some tips for people just starting out, but let's say for the, let's say Melbourne and Cairns, what on average, like what pace are you running per kilometer? Slow, like yeah. 6.30 a kilometer. Some yeah. days maybe 6.15, 6.20. Um, but is the goal to hold that similar pace or are you just going by feel? Going by feel. Yeah. The thing is some days uh, towards the end, even I think I'd have to look it up, but maybe like day 54, day 55, it was like seven minutes, even seven ten a kilometer. Mm. I'm like, oh my God, my body just, yep. it's, it can't kick at all. And it's funny, like you come away from something like that. I lost all pace because your body will obviously respond to the, the stimulus you're giving it, right? So um, even after I'd felt like I'd recovered after the run, like giving myself a, a good rest in terms of, fatigue had gone away i could start training twice a day again Mm -hmm. not just once a day these sorts of things my pace was nowhere near it and um so yeah it came down to how i was running but usually yeah anywhere from six to seven minutes a k is sort of what i'm what i'm running when i'm out on the road crazy so for someone who uh, is listening to this at the moment and they have no intention of running a marathon um, or, or building their Ks up that high, but just want to get to the point where they can go out and enjoy their run, are there a few things or indicators you like to, uh, or factors, sorry, that you like to focus on when building it up? Is it, is it running for time? Is it running at a certain heart rate? Mm-hmm. Is, it, um, is it pace? Like how do you help build someone up from day one? Definitely time-based. Focus yep. on time. Don't focus on distance. And you want to focus on run walks as well. Okay. So it might be run for 30 seconds, walk for 90 seconds. And that can be, you know, as you get better, it becomes a fartlek session where it might be you run hard and then you jog, you know, yeah. months down the track. But if you start with a run walk, that will you're still, still going to get the cardiovascular benefits. 
but you're giving your body a chance to get used to this new mm. activity. So it might be, as I said, 30, 90. And then as you build up, it might be 60 seconds of running, 60 seconds of walking. And then it might be 90 seconds of running, 30 seconds of walking. Yeah. And, you, and you continue like that until you can run comfortably and you can you know, run continuous for five kilometers, that sort of thing. So run walking plays a, a key role early. I still think strength training from the start. I'm a mm. massive fan of strength and you know, everyone lives in different locations. Some people, you know, they may not have access to a gym or they may not be able to afford a gym and a running program or whatever it may be. I think um, that's another reason that running's great, right? It doesn't cost a lot. You can do it with just your pair of shoes and yeah. off you go. Um, but even if you can't get to a gym, just some body weight strength training as well. Like make that a priority. Mm -hmm. And then your body, as I said earlier, you're training your body in different ways. It's going to respond positively to that. So they're the main things to focus on if you're starting out, like you're, on, you're off the couch, just um, run walking, a bit of strength work and definitely get people around you. So we, we all know that accountability is key. Yeah. Um, when you write a goal down or you write something down, you say, I'm going to do this, you schedule it in, you're 42% more likely to achieve it. When you tell just one other person, that goes up to 78%. So that's something I share when I talk in schools and kids are like, well, I didn't know that. And there's a lot of power in that because I think, um, yeah, that accountability is huge. And on the day that, you know, you and I are going for a run, I might wake up off very little sleep and not want to go, but you get me out the yeah. door and then vice versa. So um, that's the, the biggest piece of advice to someone just starting out. And if someone is looking for more of a program, a little bit more support um, through our business, First 42K, we've got a zero to 5K program for free as well. Epic. First 42K, um, the free program, is that's epic. I'll, I'll have a link to that in, in the show notes below for anyone who's interested. But for those that potentially want to take it a little more seriously or, or build it up and, and get some advice from yourself and your business partners, um, where can they find your coaching? And, and I guess what are some of the services you offer with that? Yeah, so we have a zero to 5K program, five to 10, 10 to 21, 21 to 42. So obviously the name First 42K is really around helping people run their first marathon. Um, but then it's evolved like anything. I think people have seen me doing my ultra running stuff and they want me to coach them with ultra running as well. So we do have an ultra running arm yeah. or ultra coaching arm to our business as well. Um, so tailored coaching, I think... We have generic programs at a, at a much more affordable price point for everyone so that um, yeah, it's accessible to everyone and, and generic in nature, but it doesn't feel like you're just reading a PDF. Yeah. You, know, you sign up to the Melbourne Marathon or some of these things, you get a PDF and it's hard to understand sometimes, especially if you're not a runner. Mm. Um, but we've got a web app so that it's, even though it's generic in nature, the zero to 42, ultimately it feels like it's not generic because yep. you've got, there's videos of me taking you through strength training and then you've got all different running sessions, your warm-ups, your, your stretching, your yoga, um, there's heaps to it. So that's a, one thing we offer, but then obviously tailored coaching as well because some people live very busy lifestyles mm. and they want it set up around their work and around their life around their kids so we offer that as well um yeah there's a few different options and you can go to first42k.com.au brilliant we'll have the link to that and, and all your socials and everything in the show notes below um so everyone can keep up with your journey and, and um come along for the ride next year in march when you're 
take off around Australia. Mate. Um, but, mate, appreciate you coming on today. Um, really enjoyed the chat and um, congrats on everything so far and, and all the best with um, all the future endeavours and in particular the run around Australia. I'm looking forward to following along with the journey, mate, and, and hoping that you hit all those those milestones and, and um, I guess most importantly, raise that money for, for those who need it most. Thank you so much. And, yeah, it'll be, be good to, to get you running with me. I think one thing that um, we will strive to do where we can. So I mentioned how there's all these road rules and things in place. And a lot of the time when on a major highway, you can't run with other people yeah. because they can't have 100 people running along yeah. the A1. But there will definitely be some some times where the community can come out and run. So it'd be awesome to, to run with you and, and other people. You know, I think that that's something I'm, I'm super um, inspired by is when other people come together. It's, yeah. you know, running changed my life. I've seen it change so many other people's life. I think if we can have that impact on just one person through getting them out the door to come for a run, then that's what it's all about. Bloody oath, mate. I'll, I'll, I'll come down and run a few with you. It'd be, <laughs> be good fun. Um, thanks for coming on, Sean. Appreciate it, mate. And um, and for everyone who's tuned into the episode, uh, I'm assuming you've, you've really enjoyed this. And if you have, I'd love for you to share this with someone um, or take a screenshot and share it on your social media. All the support is is very much appreciated. If you're not subscribed to the show already, please do hit that subscribe button. Um, and we look forward to chatting with you in the next episode. <laughs>